everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This one's going to be a little different this week. I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing something called nutrition shorts where we just um, hone in on specific topics that I get questions about and uh, really just try to answer some of the most frequently asked questions about certain topics that I do get asked. The idea of this one actually came from a podcast that I was on with Ryan and Hillary Lampers in October of 2021. And more specifically, Ryan and I got to chatting about um, what he does in the backcountry. And we both kind of made a passive comment on how we don't take, and I don't typically recommend, a ton of protein back there. And I could imagine that that would leave a lot of questions unanswered for people like, you know, well, why not, for example. So we're going to dive into that a little bit this week and look at, okay, well, if, if we're not suggesting a ton of protein, why is that? And, and more importantly, what should we take back there to provide us the ultimate fuel or the amount of fuel that we need to be able to do the things that we really love? So We'll dive into quite a few different things. If it spurs questions in you, you're more than welcome to always shoot me an email at info at v2pnutrition.com. If you have other ideas, uh, other topics you'd like to hear discussed or nutrition shorts that you want to hear more about, you can send those as well. Join us on Fridays for the Friday Frequently Asked Questions. That's where a lot of these come from. Uh, And then go ahead and take a listen to the episode. If you like it, go ahead and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your buddies, your neighbors, whatever else you do with podcasts. Appreciate everybody being patient. I'm trying to figure out the editing piece of this, so it's only going to get better. And uh, I hope that you're enjoying what you are hearing. So comments, questions, feedbacks, etc. info at b2pnutrition.com. Go ahead and enjoy the show. topic that um, I wanted to cover today is protein. And that's a huge topic. So more specifically, to kind of detail that down even more, protein intake as it pertains to backpack hunting, even uh, people who are summiting big mountains, you know, 14ers like in Colorado, or Denali in Alaska, or even um, you know, got folks that I work with who do uh, the mountains over in Nepal. So it would all fit into this same framework. And the reason I feel like this would be an interesting topic to cover is because of a comment that I had made on that podcast, and Ryan had basically said that he he followed that. Now, you know, my perspective was more from science and nutrition. Um, and his may have been too, but he was sort of framing it within the context of experience. He's a phenomenal hunter, great outdoorsman, and anyone who's interested in that tends to look to him for information. So when he said that, you know, he may not have cared what I had to say about the science perspective, which is fine. But when you hear someone who's great in a space that you're also interested in, you tend to take note. And and th- then that makes my uh, that makes my brain go into overdrive of, okay, well, it's great to know that, but I think it's also really good to know why does it work that way? So that's what we're going to dive into today. All right. So we're going to break this up kind of into three different major questions that we're trying to answer. And if number one, where's the idea come from? Right. So whatever the topic is, and like we talked about, this is about protein in the backcountry. 
where does the idea come from? The second one would be, why is that thinking potentially wrong? And then the third, and if, if this third one isn't included, I feel like the whole topics are relevant, but the third one would be, okay, well, what should we do? So we're going to look at it through the lens of those three questions. So where does the idea come from that we do need a lot of protein in the backcountry, which you hear from uh, a lot of people that that is the case. So the thinking permeated into the backpack world, and I, and I understand why it did, was really because of two things. Number one, if I'm doing a challenging thing, like ascending several thousand sometimes, sometimes it's 1,500, sometimes it's 1,000, sometimes it's not a lot of vertical feet, but several miles. So, you know, typically it's a pretty challenging workout, and we tend to associate challenging workouts with needing more protein so that protein can then go to recover the muscle. That thinking's not necessarily wrong, but that's where this developed. We're going to talk about where it's a little bit flawed though in a minute. The second part of that is, you know, where, where did this idea come from that we do need a bunch is, well, if I'm in the mountains for any extended period of time, be it three days to one week to sometimes some of these summit bids can take even potentially months trying to wait for a weather, a window of opportunity to open with the weather. If I'm not working out as much as I normally do, I'm really worried that I'm going to lose the muscle that I have already worked so hard for. So I'm going to offset that worry by eating a lot of protein that in the minds of most people. And again, right now we're talking about where the thinking developed. I'm not necessarily saying that these things are true, but in the minds of most people, when they consume a very high dose of protein and they're not in their normal routine activity of exercise with strength training or, or whatever it might be, that's going to allow them in their mind, keep the muscle that they've already worked hard for. So the outline of kind of where did this thinking come from makes complete sense. And I'm not saying that if, you know, if you fit under that MO of thinking along those couple of things that we had just mentioned, you're not crazy. I mean, that's a very logical explanation why somebody would think that. Now, logic doesn't necessarily always mean that it's it's true. So the next thing that we're going to look at is why is that thinking potentially wrong? And then again, don't forget to still stay tuned because we're going to look at hmm, what should we do instead? Okay, so the reason that thinking could be potentially wrong is really lumped under four potential categories. And if you're taking notes, this would be a great time to click your pen out and get ready. The first one is protein is a good nutrient, but it could potentially be too much of a good thing. And when I say that, again, we're not talking about potential health problems, but excess protein when other nutrients aren't available to the body gets converted into what the body needs the most that can be confusing so i'll say it again in a different way excess protein if you don't have enough carbohydrates in your diet especially whenever you're doing something active like uh, backpacking or backpack hunting or climbing or hiking whatever the body will the, the body's primary 
energy source for those type of activities, especially when they're challenging, is going to be carbohydrate. If there's not enough carbohydrate in the diet, the body's going to take the protein that has been consumed and it will create a carbohydrate to fuel what it is that you need. So in essence, you're wasting your time. When I say you're wasting your time, what I mean is, is your time would be better spent dosing each of the nutrients based on the type of endeavor you're trying to pursue. So if you're trying to do something very hard, dose the amount of carbs to that, dose the amount of protein to that. That's going to give you the best opportunity to make sure that the protein is recovering the muscle while the carbs are providing the energy. If you've got a boatload of protein on board, but no carbohydrates for fuel, that excess protein, and this is why Ryan and I both said, look, we don't take a ton of protein on, on the hunt because extra, where, where some is good, more isn't necessarily better. So number two, muscle preservation, whenever you're not as active as you normally are, is only half the recipe for retaining any decent muscle, right? So the other thing would be you have to be actively working that muscle to maintain any type of mass. In other words, eating a bunch of protein with no exercise at all is not going to make a guy really muscular. Most of us probably know that. But this scenario is similar to what we're talking about now. You're not going to preserve all of your muscle without continually and consistently exercising it in a way that's challenging to it while also having adequate protein intake. So you're really only accomplishing about 50% of what you need to do. Now, with that said, yes, the, the, the best chance that you could do to preserve the muscle you do have is to hit a certain protein threshold every day. In other words, if you didn't take any protein on you uh, with you on your trip, you would likely lose more muscle than had you included some. Now, the numbers there will vary quite a bit, but you're really only accomplishing 50% of the task. So it goes back again to dosing to the amount that you need based on the activity that you're doing. Number three, and one that I would say is potentially the biggest deal is it significantly complicates the digestion of what you do eat. There are three main things that are going to slow down digestion in terms of nutrition. There are a lot of different outliers, but when you look solely at what you have control over, those three things include fat, protein, and fiber. When you have a lot of those in your diet, it makes the digestion of all foods much more difficult because it causes the food to sit in the gut longer. So protein, fat, and fiber delay gastric emptying, which means it just sits in your stomach longer. One of the potential pitfalls of that is number one, anything that is in there is going to get fermented by gut bacteria. Gut bacteria is a good thing, which produces gas, which you know you have experienced or your friends have. In fact, it might have been the reason one of your friends said, look, we're bringing separate shelters next time because I can't deal with the amount of gas that you've got. So yes, you're going to need some protein, but having a prolific and high amount is not needed because it's only making matters worse. When you're active, the body is taking blood from other areas that are less active and pushing it to the muscle, pushing it to the legs. In other words, it's taking it from the gut, delaying digestion more than normal, 
and giving it to your legs so you can continue to hike as long as you need. So three to four potential problems that could come up from having too much protein, which again circles back to why when Ryan and I were talking a little bit about how we structure and plan nutrition, why it said, look, I don't recommend to clients of mine that they take a ton of it. And here's the why he was, he was very much like, I don't either. I don't take a ton of it. And one of the things that we did say we do. So as we start to look at well, what should the remedies be? One of the things that we did talk about, we do suggest. And one of the things he said that he does, he does himself is we look at protein like a small leaky faucet, as opposed to a big fire hose, whenever it comes to intake. So what's that mean? Small leaky faucet versus fire hose. We are, and what I'm typically recommending to people that I work with is giving them small doses of protein throughout the course of the day, rather than giving them no protein at all, and then having them belly up to some giant freeze-dried meal or dehydrated meal in the evening with just a bucket load of protein in it. Part of the reason behind that from a science and a nerdery standpoint is that's what the body prefers. Whenever we look at this in terms of research, we found that people, you know, there's this, there's been this theory for a long time that you can only absorb 30 grams of protein in a meal. Anything else gets lost. That's not true. It's very individualized, which is why I always, you know, people ask questions. And the very first thing I always say is, well, it depends because it does. It, it, nutrition has to be tailored to the individual. It's very hard to give nutrition information out and have it be applicable to the masses. You can give generalities out like we're doing about protein now but to give specific guidance is very tailored to each individual person so when you look at protein we know that people tend to absorb so if you, let's just take 80 grams of protein as an example if you have one person who eats 40 grams twice a day you have another person who eats 80 grams all at dinner and you have another person who eats 20 grams spread over four times during the day. And then you evaluate who has better absorption, uptake, etc. with those three. We find that the person eating 20 grams of protein spread out over four times per day, as opposed to the big dose at dinner or the two moderate doses twice a day tends to absorb more. So that's why I'm always, when I'm evaluating a person's intake, I'm looking to see, are you getting that faucet drip nutrition, that faucet drip protein intake, as opposed to more of the fire hose intake, where it's just a huge amount at once, and then it's shut off, right? So that's one of the things that we should be doing instead. The other thing is when you look at it, it's based on total calorie intake, yes, but more importantly, lean body mass. So when you read most protein recommendations, it's based on weight. Well, that's going to vary significantly by person to person. If a person's above the weight that they desire to be at, let's say that a person wanted to weigh 250 pounds, but he happened to weigh 310, and you're trying to dose the protein on the 310 mark, and you were to dose it on something crazy like one pound per or one gram per pound, 310 grams of protein in the backcountry is logistically hard to meet, even if you could stomach it, right? So it has to be dosed appropriately. Another potential 
remedy to the situation or whenever you look at, okay, well, what should we be doing instead? So number one, we've got faucet drip as opposed to a fire hydrant. So some good, some proteins good, but we don't need a ton. Number two, you should dose it based off of you, your, your personal needs. And that should be off of, you know, mostly lean weight, not necessarily total body weight. And then I think if you wanted to look at it from a very, 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 very simplified version, if you don't want to get into the nitty gritty of grams and you know, kilograms of body weight and pounds per body weight and putting it out on an Excel sheet, you don't, you don't, that's not your thing. That's okay. You can still accomplish the goal by simply saying, you know, evaluating your menu on what you take whenever you go into the backcountry and looking at it and say, okay. Do I have a decent source of protein in here a couple of times per day? And it doesn't even necessarily need to be protein-centric foods like jerky and freeze-dried meals and protein powder in your oatmeal in the morning. It can be other things as well, like nuts or even edamame. So salted, dehydrated edamame in a trail mix is an excellent way to get some protein in without taking too much at once. So there's, there's you, you can make it as specific and tailored and nuanced and you know all of those things as you want you can also make it as general and easy as you want and the final piece that we're going to look at here in terms of a remedy and what i think is maybe one of the greatest um unknown pieces of nutrition out there is you cannot neglect your carb intake when looking at your nutrition and thinking about protein. The reason for that is what we outlined earlier. Carbohydrates in the nutrition world, when dietitians like myself are getting trained, we learn this as the protein sparing nutrient because when there's adequate carbohydrate in the diet, those carbs are used, the body uses those carbohydrates for the activity that then leaves all of the consumed protein to be used for muscle retention, growth and repair of muscle tissue, et cetera. In other words, it's not being broken down and used as energy like we had talked about before. So carbohydrates in an adequate amount can be as important in keeping your protein intake high I'm sorry, can be as important as retaining your muscle and allowing the protein that you are consuming being used for recovery as making sure that you bring plenty of protein. So a couple of problems. How do we get here? What's the, why is the thinking potentially wrong? And some remedies. Hopefully you guys find that helpful. If you've got other questions, of course, you're more than welcome to email me at info at b2penutrition.com. I'd be more than happy to help. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this helpful, please click uh, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Give us a review, rating, whatever. I'm always open to feedback. Thanks so much. And I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.